You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I have Xane Anderson on. And we're going to talk about brave influence. And I was I was actually really curious about that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna really pay attention to where we go in this conversation. Cause brave influence. Hmm, those are two words that normally we don't put together. So I am excited to have Xane on the show. Now, he's an author, influence expert, and international speaker. He's been seen on Forbes.com, Speaker Magazine, TV, and various business blogs and podcasts. His books, The Key to the Gate, Principles and Techniques to Get Past Gatekeepers to the Decision Maker, and What I Want My Children to Know Before I Die, have sold internationally. He has an extensive experience in real-world influence, including selling to governments, associations, and other businesses. His educational background in psychology and life experiences have taught him not only how to connect, communicate, and sell, but also how to teach you to increase your interpersonal influence, negotiate the best, and create loyal long-term clients. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for having me on the show. What an honor to be on your show. So I'm just going to ask you the very obvious question. What is brave influence? Well, I'll tell you this. There's there's different components to it. It's being able to influence people in a principled, ethical way to help them do good things in the world. And um, there's different levels to it. We can get into that. I, I love that because, you know, Here's the thing. In this world, there's so much manipulation. There's there's so many tactics out there just teaching you, you know, how to manipulate someone's emotions to get them to do what you want. And I know we're going to go deeper into what influence is, but I remember the first time finally realized that I could be me and sell in a kind, caring, compassionate way that creates relationship because everything I had been taught in sales was all about, you know, how, how do you, in a sense, force a person to do what it is that you want them to do. And that just never sat well with me at all. I was always so uncomfortable with it. And yeah, and my results showed it because guess what I got? Nothing. Well, Here's the interesting thing, Kim. I love that you said that. You know, the best salespeople are not, they're not manipulative. They're not dishonest. They're not trying to force you into it. They're just good people. I mean, I've met salespeople from all over the country, even all over the world. And I'll tell you, the best salespeople are just good, honest. I'm talking about people who make millions and millions of dollars. Good, honest people who just want to help people out. You do not have, this is the great news. You do not have to be you know, kind of the stereotypical manipulative 
salesperson who's trying to force people into doing things. In fact, that that will backfire on you. You don't want to do that. I think ultimately in the end, it doesn't work. Like it may work for a short period of time. You burn so many bridges that you're just spending all your time trying to connect with new people who don't know who you are and the fact that, you know, you burn these bridges, right? So I like it that, you know, that, that you can have influence in a person's life. You can be kind, you can be caring, you can share value with them and let them make their own decisions. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Let me just give you an example. Let me give you an example here. There's this principle in life. It's a scientific principle called gravity. And gravity works whether you believe it does or not. Let me just tell you what I mean. Gravity works where I'm at. It works where you're at. It works on the other side of the world. And if you align with gravity, in other words, let me give you an example. I've asked people this question. I said, how could you, how could you uh, say, well, let me back up. When you have a sign, any principle out there, you can either align with it or you can ignore it to your peril. So we have two choices with gravity. We can align with it or ignore it to our peril. And sometimes I'll ask people, I'll say, you know, let's have some fun with this. How could we align with gravity to make us money? And I hear different words. I say, well, maybe we could build a ski, a ski resort or we could build a skydiving company or we could do, you know, a zip line or roller coasters or <laughs> I've heard some funny things. I've heard somebody say plastic surgery. I mean, how could you make money with gravity? <laughs> I guess defying gravity. We won't get into detail there. But then on the other hand, if you ignore gravity and you're careless with it, you can fall off a cliff. And, and it's the same with real timeless human relations principles like trust and honesty, just treating people like you want to be treated. If you align with it, you can build a roller coaster or a hydroelectric dam or a ski resort and make millions of dollars. Or you can ignore those principles that are just as they're as real as gravity and and be dishonest and, and manipulative. And in the long run, you're flirting with the cliff and it, you can fall off. So it's very important to, you know, one of the best sales guys I ever met, and this guy made millions and millions of dollars. He said, people can handle the truth. Tell people the truth and tell it to them quickly. And uh, he, he, was, he did really well. He didn't have to be this shady, you know, unfortunately in sales, there are uh, there's some really good salespeople out there and there's some that have given it a bad name and you don't have to be the kind to give it a bad yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had the honor and privilege of, as a publisher, working with a few really amazing salespeople. Two of them I'm thinking of is Larry Levine. His book is Selling from the Heart. And then John P. Davis, How to Get a Sales Job. I know it doesn't sound all that romantic, but he he put his heart and soul into helping people in the sales profession find jobs that align with who they are. And, you know, it's it's amazing to watch these books as they progressed and to see the heart of these men because they lived out what they wrote about. And that made life wonderful working with them because they were true sales professionals who cared about people. That's the best way to do it. You know, look, I could tell you, can I tell you a story here? Uh, you can it, tell it me a story. Okay. Let me tell you this. Many years ago, I had this problem with my bank account. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was a little embarrassed about it. The problem that I had is that I didn't put money in the account when I should put money in the account. And I had a bunch of things go through. And I went, I went to this bank. And it was kind of back in the days when you had to actually go to the bank. Now you can do almost everything from your phone. But I went to the bank and I said... You know, I've got this problem and I'm a little embarrassed about it. There was a gentleman there named Jeff 
and he helped fix this problem. And, and he was really nice. He waived a bunch of the fees and I put the money in like I should have before. Anyway, when he was done, I said, you know what, Jeff, thank you so much for your help. I really appreciate it. I said, can I get the email to your boss? And he looked at me kind of funny, like, well, why do you want the email to my boss? And I, and I said, well, I'm just going to tell him what a great job you did. Really appreciate you taking care of this. And, and so I went home that night and I just wrote an email to the, his boss that said something like this. Dear Mr. Branch Manager, I had the opportunity of working with Jeff. He was very professional and helpful. I think he deserves a raise and a promotion. Just something nice. I sent it to the boss and I copied Jeff on it because I had Jeff's card and I didn't think anything else about it. I mean, it took me two minutes, maybe three minutes. And and uh, the boss, he'd been kind to me. Well, here's the interesting thing, Kim. I went back to this bank maybe a week later and I'm standing in line. There's probably 10 people in front of me in line. And, and by the way, I was in a pretty fairly fairly large city. People don't tend to know each other's names. And I was, so it was a little bit weird if somebody knew your name, but somebody came up to me and it was not Jeff. It was not the branch manager. And they said, Mr. Anderson. And I I was a little surprised. Yes. And they said, can I help you with your banking? And I said, well, sure. And they said, follow me. They took me from the back of the line. They let me do my banking in front of everybody else. You would have thought I had $10 million at the bank, which we all know that I didn't. (laughs) And it happened again and again at this bank, and it didn't happen until I just just gave gave Jeff a sincere compliment, not trying to think anything about it. Well, the interesting thing is, I'm just going to fast forward to the second part of the story real quick. Several years later, I'm sitting in New York. I'm sitting. I do sales for a living, and and this this high level director. I'm sitting across from the table in New York from this high level director. He looks at me and says, "You are the only salesperson I've ever let into my office." And I was surprised. Now, to be fair, it might have it might have meant about the particular product I was selling, but that's not what he said. He said, you're the only sales product I've ever led in my office. I said, I was really surprised. And then he said something really interesting. I'm not going to tell you quite what he said yet, but let me just tell you what happened here. What do you, what do you, what do you think I did to get in this high-level director in New York? And I'll tell you, it was almost the exact same thing I did at the bank. I What I did is I just called in and tried to talk to him. And of course, the secretary said he's not available, which they always say he's not available. And I had sent it. What happened is I sent him an email at the beginning. Let me start from the beginning. I sent an email to him. My email was completely ignored. By the way, if all you're doing is selling email, sending emails, you're probably going to get ignored. I called in several days later and I said, hey, can I speak with Bob? And uh, who did I meet? I call him gatekeepers, right? His secretary. His secretary answered the phone and said, he's not available. And I said, okay, maybe what I could do is just resend the email and copy it to you. Would that be okay? And she said, sure. And then Kim, it was really interesting because you know how when I talk to you, I can almost hear you smiling, even if I couldn't see your smiling face. I can't because you have this part. This this girl was a just had this smiley. I couldn't see her face, but I could hear almost hear her smiling. And I just said, you know, thank you for being so friendly and, and courteous and professional. She was just really nice. I said, I talk to people all day long on the phone and I just appreciate it. And she said, Well, thanks. And I was I was pulling up the email. I just had a thought. I said, you know, I'm going to mention that to your boss. And I, and I did. I just, it was a sincere compliment. I just said, dear Bob, I had the opportunity of working with Janice. She was very professional and courteous. She's still on the phone with me. Um, I think she's an asset to your team. By the way, I'm going to be in New York on these days. Send the email to Bob, her boss. And I copied it to, to her. And I said, did that email come through? And she said, let me check. And she said, yeah, I came through. And then she hesitated a little bit. She goes, hey, thanks for the compliment. And I said, I meant it. Hope you have a good day. That was it. That was the conversation, just catching her doing something right, which was that she was polite. And fast forward back to this, this here, I'm sitting in this high level director's office and he's go, he said, you're the only salesperson I've let in. He said, the reason you're here is because you were nice to my secretary. 
<laughs> he said, I talk to my secretary more than I talk to my wife. And some of these sales guys don't understand it. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. You know, we talked at the beginning about this principle called gravity, mm-hmm. and like the golden mm-hmm. rule. Really, it was just me being the golden rule, just treating people like you want to be treated. I've heard some sales trainers do the manipulative thing and they go, well, if you can't get past the sale a secretary, you should act kind of high and mighty and pretend like the CEO is kind of high and mighty. And if the secretary won't let you through, kind of act indignant and be like, well, who are you and what is your title? I disagree with those tactics. You just got to treat people nice and be sincere. And, you know, if a secretary is not nice, don't don't compliment her or him. But um, if they are and you can catch them doing something right, that can help and that's not a manipulate. You just you got to be honest and sincere, and the golden rule. You know, when you when you were saying that, I was just thinking. Recently, I I was flying home from New York, and very bad weather, delayed flights, canceled flights. I end up at the service desk, and you know, there's this long line because two or three flights are canceled. Now, thankfully, my flights have been rebooked already. But they told me to get my luggage. I had no clue where to get my luggage. So I was afraid they were going to take my luggage away on me. So I'm standing in line and I thought, you know, some food vouchers would be nice because they booked me for a very early flight the next morning. And uh, there's this gentleman and he lives in that town, but I guess he's flying, connecting. And he's like, I'm going to demand that they pay for a taxi ride home for me and food. And we're all looking at him. We're like, bud. You do that, you get nothing. They have all the power, right? And they are not having a good day. Like, we're not having a good day, but neither are them. Like, do you see any of them smiling up there? Like, people are not happy and they're taking it out on them. And, you know, you decided to fly in the winter in the northern United States and Canada. Like, you don't realize that winter hinders airplanes. Well, so I get up. And I say to the girl, I'm like, I just big smile on my face. I'm like, you guys must be having a really horrible day. And she looks at me, she's like, yeah. She says, but you guys aren't having a good day either. I said, no. I said, but it's winter. What do you expect? Right. I just kept it light. And I just said to her, I said, listen, you know, they they told me to get my luggage. Uh, I don't know where to get my luggage. She says, okay, it's down at Carousel One. Okay, perfect. I've got some issues with my back, so I needed some mobility support. So they got me mobility support. And I said, you know, can I get a few food vouchers? So she just handed me like, I don't know, $40, $50 in food vouchers, way more than what I needed. And these are good for a year. So the next time I fly, I've got food, you know. But they were willing to help me because I went in there being nice and recognizing that they were not having a good day either. And I was not going to add to them not having a good day. Good for you. And I love how you were just kind and nice and they were willing to, you know, I got to tell even research base shows that being positive with people is so much more effective than trying to punish people or shame people into doing what you want. So I, I love that story, Kim. (laughs) So we're going to stop for a quick ad break. Audience, if you've been thinking about writing a book for your business, then I want you to listen to this ad carefully and check out the Create and Scale method for writing books that turns readers into clients and helps you scale your business. We'll be right back. 
Writing and publishing a book that converts readers into clients and scales your business is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Get my free checklist at bit.ly forward slash create and scale that will show you what you need to do to have your book become a well-converting lead generating tool. Welcome back. Exane, this has been amazing and we're about halfway through. So we're going to shift gears just for a moment. We've got three more segments I just want to do quickly. So can you just take like maybe three or four minutes and talk about your story? Like, how did you become this person that, you know, exudes brave influence? Well, gosh, that's a good question. Through a lot of trial and failure and error, <laughs> and been involved in sales for a long time. And I've noticed exactly what you said, that when people are manipulative, they don't last. Let me tell you, let me, let me tell you one story that was actually really helpful. Just, I'll make it brief here, but we have in life what are called expectations. And a lot of times our reality comes in lower. And so if you have high expectations and low, but your reality is lower, this distance between the two is called frustration. If you want to influence people, you don't want to have them be frustrated with you. You want to be able to keep expectations and reality the same. Then there's no frustration. You see what I'm saying? This distance. Yeah. And you do that by just telling the truth and shooting straight. Now, here's the thing. If you want to get really good at influence, you try to flip the lines. And let me tell you what I mean. We try to make people's reality better than they expect. And the best way to do that is to just do it um, with everybody. And I'll, I'm going to tell you one real quick story. My wife, um, and this sounds like a personal story, but it's really a business story. And I'll tell you what I mean. Because <laughs> my wife was several years ago, she was complaining about not seeing her parents. And her parents live in San Diego, which is a couple states away from us uh, at the time they did. And she said, I just miss my parents. I just miss my parents. I just miss my parents. Well, I'm kind of a slow learner, but after a while I thought, okay, wait, this might be an opportunity for, to make her reality better than she expects. Because when you make people's reality better than you they expect, instead of being frustration, it's now delight, right? Because your reality is better than you expect instead of the other way around. Anyway, I went and bought a a plane ticket for her in secret to San Diego. Didn't tell her. I had my oldest teenage daughter help pack a bag to make sure I got all the right stuff in it. She thought we were going to are good for that, you know? That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. So she, so are adult daughters. My husband <laughs> relies on our adult daughter when it comes to doing stuff for me. <laughs> right. I love that. We we were driving down. She thought we were going down to see the lights during the holiday time. So, and we had some extended family that were going down to see it. She thought we were going down there about, and there's this turn where you can either go down to see the lights or you can go to the airport. And I didn't tell her that I bought a ticket. She had no clue that I had a ticket or packed a bag. She just thought we were going to see the lights. And about three miles before we got to this turn, she said, really missing my parents. In my head, I'm thinking, oh, this is perfect timing. <laughs> I looked at her and I said, you know, I think you should go see your parents. I could tell she didn't really think much about my comment. We got to this turn where everybody was going this way. And instead of falling, we went towards the airport. And in that moment, she said, you missed the turn. And I looked over and I said, well, you know, you said you wanted to go see your parents. Let's go to the airport and drop you off and go. And she knows I like to joke around sometimes. So she thought I was just joking. And she actually was slightly irritated. She's like, we know we're going to miss the lights if you don't go. Anyway, I drove up to the airport, I opened the back of the car, I gave her a bag, and then I handed her a boarding pass. And I said, and she looked, took one look at that and she said, is this real? And I said, it's real. She said, is this, is this real? She said about a dozen times, is this real? I said, it's real. Have a few days with your, with your family, with your dad and mom, I'll take the kids and just have a go. 
And I got to tell you, Kim, that was probably the best thing I ever did for my marriage. I mean, I won't go into detail, but things were really good. Okay. And so we'll just say, um, the reason was, is because for once, a lot of times she's disappointed with me because I don't hit her expectations. But this one time I was able to get it right where I made her reality better than she is. If you can do that, I think that's what happened with Jeff. And he got, got a compliment to the boss. It was a little bit better than he expected. I think it happened with Janice in New York. I think it happened with my wife. And the studies show that when you surprise people in a positive way, their feelings towards you are way more positive than if it wasn't a surprise. And mm-hmm. just being sincere, just being sincere and that kind of thing. So that was one experience that taught me, oh, you know, maybe if I just try to exceed people's expectations and do it in a surprise, and uh, um, then people, they want to be influenced by you rather than you're trying to force them. Don't do that. Yeah. I think kindness and being trustworthy is so underrated in today's world. And um, like, I'll, I'll just share a quick memory. I was having a really bad day and I drove through the McDonald's drive through to get a coffee. And as I pulled away, I looked down on the coffee mug and on the top, there was a big smiley face. I guess she realized I was just not having a good day. And she says, I hope your day gets better. Guess what? Immediately, my day was bad. That's so awesome. I love that. Little acts of kindness like that, right? Isn't that great? So we got about 10 minutes left. Let's switch to just talking a bit more about the elements of brave influence. And, you know, how do you implement it in your life? Well, let me tell you this. Um, I've talked to a lot of people who are, I would say, professional influencers. I once I went, I went and talked to this one guy who was a marriage counselor. And I said, what do you do when you're trying to influence people? And he said, you know what? It's easy. I listen, which by the way, that's part of the golden rule. Don't we all want to be listened to? He said, one of the best things you can do is just sincerely from your heart, listen to people, not with the intent to respond, not with the intent to try to just when they get that you get them. Um, a lot of times become much more open to your suggestions. And a lot of salespeople do not do this. A lot of salespeople just show up and throw up is what I call it. They just attack. And and you can just listen to people. Um, I mean, they've even done studies. It shows that employees who are listened to are way more happy and way more productive. Um, um, It's not just me saying, you know, this sounds like a good idea, like research-based. If you want to influence people, treat them like you want to be treated. And, they did some. They did a research. They did some research. I think it was out of Harvard. They said they watched people who were conversing, and they found that the person who was liked the most in a conversation was the one who was asking the most questions. In other words, listening and, and asking questions. And the person who was enjoying the conversation the most was the one who was talking the most. And so that's why I'm having a great time, and everybody probably wants to die because I wish I could listen. You know, <laughs> if you can listen more than you talk. And if you can ask questions, that tends to uh, help people uh, be more open to what you have to say. And so if you just show up and say, this is what I'm doing without listening. In fact, they did another study on salespeople who were B2B salespeople. And the most successful salespeople listened 57% of the time and only talked 43. Whereas the, the, the less successful ones, we're talking like 75% of the time or 65% of the time. You don't need to talk. Yeah. Just listen to people so they understand. And then they, they're they more willing and open and receptive to listening to what you have to say. 
You know, when you were saying that, an, an old saying came to, it came to mind. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> That's exactly right. You have two ears, one mouth. Use them accordingly. Exactly right, Kim. <laughs> exactly right. I, I think it's not, we're, we're going to, I want to shift into your books, but just, just a final thought. And it's not just listening. It's, it's what I would term active listening. Because you can listen and be thinking about how you're going to respond. Yes. Or you can listen to learn. And like you said, ask more questions. Because most of the time when people don't know you or they don't trust you yet, they're saying things. And it's not that they're not true, but it's not the deep stuff. It's not the real stuff. Do you get you get what I'm saying? Like it's not it, everything's on a surface level. You're not getting below that. But when you ask those questions and you allow the people the time to answer and you listen and you ask intelligent questions, that that builds the trust factor and it actually allows you in a sales situation to get down to the real problems that they're facing so that you can solve it in a way that exceeds their expectations. Exactly. Right. You know, and I like how you said you have two ears and one mouth, use them accordingly. And it made me think there's a guy named Stephen Covey who wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Maybe you've heard of it. He said one of those seven habits was people who are effective seek first to understand before they try to be understood. And that's yes. so many of us want to be understood first, but that's an effective influence uh, habit, whether you're trying to influence a teenager. Um, a business person, a spouse, um, your six-year-old. I mean, anyone in business that you're trying to influence by being quiet and asking questions. Like you said, I love how you said that, like listening with the real intent to understand, not thinking about how am I going to reply. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that said that about kids and we are going to shift gears, but, you know, I think in today's society, I see like I'm out and about and I see so many parents sitting on their phones and all the kids want is a few minutes of their time. They're like, mom, mom, mom. She's like, stop bothering me. I'm on my phone. Right. And the yeah. kids just want some of you. They just, they just want to be heard. Kids tend to migrate to my husband and I, because we sit and we talk with them. We listen to them. We let them prattle on. Now, sometimes when they're really little, you have a hard time understanding what they're saying because they don't say the words clear yet. But you sit and you listen. You're so wise. Such a wise suggestion, Kim, there. You know, I think we're going to look back on these days with cell phones and really regret a lot of it if we've let our children grow up, parents let their children grow up. Let me just touch on that really quickly. They say, we talked about this a little bit, the most effective way to shape human behavior in many, from a behavioral standpoint is if you think about behaviors like sea and attention like water, we water the behaviors we want to see grow with attention. Well, here's the problem. A lot of parents you've ever seen, parent, the, the kid walks in and says, and the parent says, I can't believe you didn't make your bed and you didn't, you, you're playing video games too much and you did stay out too late last night. What that parent's doing is watering the behaviors they don't want to see grow with attention. And one of the best things they can do, like when you say, when you just give kids attention and listen to them, yeah. they have it's very reinforcing of the relationship, very reinforcing that, hey, Kim listens to me, or my mom listens, or my dad listens, or whoever. Um, and so if you can catch people doing something right, too, um, and this is another part of it, but yes. just really quickly, if catching people doing something right 
is so much more effective than trying to punish them into doing something differently. So if we can, if we can, I mean, even like with, um, I, I could give you another story. I'm not sure where we are on time, but even, you know, at the bank, yeah, of New York, it's left and I do want to get to your book. So back because I think there, there's more to this conversation, but I want to respect our listeners time. So let's, let's shift gears at this. And so you've written a book called The Key to the Gate, Principles and Techniques to Get Past Gatekeepers to the Decision Maker. Now, that's a pretty clear title. Um, take a minute or, or so and tell us a little bit more about the book. Well, it was really interesting. I wrote the book and I actually was hoping to get a little bit of publicity for it. And I was able to, using the, the principles that we've talked about and some of the techniques in the book, um, I was able to get a writer on Forbes and she was so impressed with it. She goes, oh, you just used the principles in your uh, book to get me a busy CEO who writes for Forbes. I'm going to write an article on you. So I, it actually worked. And you can look it up. If you look up my name and the word Forbes, you can see there's this article on Forbes that shows that my techniques worked well enough to get me in front of a, a Forbes writer, <laughs> which was great. Um, but I, I do. This. It's mainly timeless, ancient principles. I mean, like we talked about, it's not not rocket science. Treat people like you want to be treated. Be honest. Treat people with respect. Listen. Um, and there's more. There's more weight and, and techniques that we go into in depth in the book. So, Xane, I'm going to ask you the question: Every single author who comes on the show, what was the good, the bad, and the ugly about writing, editing, and publishing that book? <laughs> oh goodness oh it always takes longer than you think for me at least you know if you just lock yourself in a room for two weeks you might be able to write a book in two weeks but it never happens when you have distractions so it's always like an hour here an hour there and then yeah you had some things that was the hard part was i was i would like to have gotten it done sooner than i did but uh I, i'll tell you when you finally get it done it feels good at, at some point when i first got it out i thought i never want to read that book again read it so many times you know i never want to even touch that again but great question kim thank you oh i hear you i hear you. um so just before as okay let me rephrase that as we end the episode um Xana, i'd love to give you an opportunity to share a final thought and if people have enjoyed this conversation how can they connect with you well my final thought is my mom, who's passed away now, she said, no matter what the question, love is the answer. Just choosing to be loving towards people is really the answer to influence. It's a big one. If people want to uh, reach me, they can reach me at xfactoredge.com um, or also my first name.com. I have two sites there, xane.com. And uh, just thank you. Thank you so much for having me be on the show today. You are very welcome. Uh, it's been a joy and a pleasure, and we're definitely going to have you back to continue this conversation. Audience, if you've enjoyed today's conversation and you want to know where to go next, I want to direct you to episode 447, so you're going to be going back a little bit uh, to diagnosing our imposter syndrome. It was a great episode with Bill Castle. Uh, I think that you will enjoy it. It's a different topic than today, but I think related as well, because, you know, when you talk about sales and entrepreneurs, being authentic, being genuine, it's hard when imposter syndrome starts to kick you in the face. If you are watching on YouTube, you know the routine. The thumbnail is here somewhere. And one of these days, 
Well, I should ask my daughter this weekend when she was home because she does it for me, but I didn't. So anyway, it is here on the screen somewhere. You can click on it to go to the next episode. If you were on your podcast app, you are probably going to be scanning back about 30 episodes or so. Anyway, audience, thank you so much for listening. Love appreciate you and i'm honored that you've taken time out of your day to listen to this episode and we will see you on the very next one bye you've been listening to the author to authority podcast the extraordinary word ninja kim thompson pinder has helped over 200 entrepreneurs professionals speakers and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.